explain to me what you studied and, and what you found. Sure. So um, we had been listening to hundreds of hours of recordings, um, linguistic interviews with people who were born as long ago as the 19th century and as recently as about 20 years ago. So people who were from the 1800s all the way through college students. And we noticed that the younger people didn't have what we would call a Southern accent as researchers living in Georgia. And um, so we just developed some hunches about what was going on. And we said, we think that people who are baby boomers who were born around the middle of this uh, the 20th century have the strongest classic Southern accent. And we have ways of quantifying that. And what we were surprised to find was that um, there's a sharp drop off in the use of classic Southern cues to accent starting with generation X. So people who are in college now who are Gen Z um, sound not very Southern in some ways, and they sound a lot like um, young people in other parts of the country. How do you think that happened? How do we think that happened? So in our article, what we point to is demographic change in Georgia, um, especially in the Atlanta area um, with a lot of migration coming from outside. Um, but also we think there are, uh, people make choices about the way they sound. And um, so they, there are kind of conscious and unconscious ways that people shift their speech to reflect the identity that they want to have. And um, so some people choose to sound like their parents and other people choose to sound different. It depends what your peer group does. That's interesting because I always say any politician, and mostly is, who is 55 or 60 years old that still sounds they can't like they came out of small town Alabama two weeks earlier is it's got to be at least a little affectation, right? Yep. 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 There's, there's, there's some, some choice to it. Yeah, sure. Um, does my business have anything to do with it? They drill into every broadcaster from a young age to ditch any accent and broadcasting is roughly a hundred years old. Everybody now living really has grown up with it. That's a great question. So um, as, as linguists, we are very hesitant to say that, TV and media have a direct effect on people's accents because that's not what kids hear when they are growing up. Growing up, they hear their parents, their grandparents, their caregivers. Um, and then they spend most of their time talking to the people around them who are their own age at school. So no offense to your business, but kids probably don't spend that much time listening to the news. Um, at the same time, there are stereotypes and social cues linked to people's accents. And so if um, if there are if people have awareness about those stereotypes, then they might choose um, to go one way or the other. And when I say choose, I mean kind of unconsciously. And for professional reasons or cool reasons or uh, sound like all of my friends at college reasons? Yeah, reasons like that. Reasons that are a lot closer to home. Yeah. It's funny, we had an argument on this very program on Thursday about pecan versus pecan. Oh, wow. And that depends, largely, we discovered, on geography in Georgia, Atlanta versus everything south. In Atlanta, pecan is something your grandmother had under the bed, right? But yep. sort of what you're saying is even an argument like that will have faded by the next generation because nobody will differ have be differentiating anymore. 
So yeah, we didn't we didn't look at things like uh, pecan versus pecan. Um, I have pecan, but obviously I'm not from around here. <laughs> you and me, um, baby. All right. <laughs> we we looked at other things like um, whether you would say um, a word like prize, like something that you win. Do you say prize or do you say praz? And that is a really old cue to a Southern accent. It's been around since the 19th century. So the more Southern you are, the more likely you are to say praz or far or fine. And as we get into Gen X and beyond, people are more likely to say prize. Um, we also found that with words like face, like, you know, what, what's above your neck, um, <laughs> people who have a strong Southern accent are likely to say something like face. But Gen X shifts away from that and and heads back towards face. Look one more generation down. Yep. Is this conversation going to be relevant anymore? In other words, are our accents like at all, whether it's Boston and New Jersey or Georgia or Brooklyn be a thing of the past? Or how much longer might that take? Great question. So there are lots of different ways to communicate your regional identity. So just because some things are fading doesn't mean other things won't come up to take their place. So for instance, the fact that a lot of people have emailed me today and put y'all in the subject line or picked up this story and said <laughs> the classic Georgia accent is fading y'all, like y'all is okay now. It used to be very informal and stigmatized and now people are more comfortable with it. So regionalisms come and regionalisms go. There are lots of other things we didn't look at that make people sound Southern. So the the somebody's accent is a, a constellation of a lot of different features, and we can't fit them all into one research project at a time. Um, at the same time, people who are in Gen Z um, don't even sound like people of my millennial generation. Their their accents are are still shifting in a different direction. So no, the conversation will keep going. So step outside data and evidence and so forth. Yep. As a researcher and a scholar, do you think it's a shame to lose those geographic differences in the way you hear people speak to you? So as as the daughter of geographers, I, I love it when place comes across. And I think that um, that it's it's important to people to be able to communicate their identity and something about where they come from. Um, and, um, so I, I do value the diversity and the, the regionality of speech very much.